And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. We continue with our recap of Washington Watch, held last week in Washington, D.C. with the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. I was able to spend three days on Capitol Hill talking with lawmakers and industry folks alike about a host of issues. I got a chance to catch up with Chris Novak with CropLife America and, and talk about some of the issues and challenges they are facing and some of the things they are working on for producers there in D.C. Here's my interview with Chris Novak of CropLife America. Jesse Allen here at Washington Watch with the NAFB. Joining us now, President and CEO of CropLife America, Chris Novak. Chris, great to catch up with you, sir. How are you? I'm great, Jesse. Glad to see you again. Let's talk a little bit about uh, just supply chain issues to start. And I know that's something that you at CropLife America have a, have a pulse on. Obviously, we're still seeing plenty of supply chain issues, not to mention all of the, the global food challenges that are out there. Uh, just talk a little bit about what you guys are seeing on the supply chain issue front and what are some things you're working on to help try and alleviate them? Well, uh, first, at, at CropLife, my members are the manufacturers and distributors of, of the agricultural pesticides and chemicals that we know farmers rely upon. And to the extent that as an industry, we're facing many of the same challenges that we see across the economy. Not only have there been labor shortages, but also trade disruptions. Uh, going back a couple of years, uh, trade from China and, and changes in supplies that were coming from China have impacted our ability to manufacture pesticides here in the United States. Uh, the the natural disasters that we experienced last year in in 2021 there was a freeze in texas which shut down some of the refineries that provide ingredients to our industry and then also we saw hurricane ida that idled one of our large manufacturing glyphosate manufacturing plants all of these things have created a perfect storm in terms of the availability of pesticide supplies and then when you couple that with the fact that the war in ukraine is going to decrease what's harvested uh, in Ukraine and also what's being planted uh, for this next year's crop. We truly are concerned about a potential for a global food shortage that we think uh, could impact people around the world uh, this fall. Well, we already see some of those uh, worries here here at home. We, you know, I go to the grocery store and I you know, might not have a certain food that I like because they've had trouble getting it in. You know, so that's not only supply chain issues, but some of those global food shortages uh, concerns that are out there. And that's why it's putting a huge emphasis on, on growing a, a big crop this year. Well, and that's that's what we are working to help farmers do. And one of the things that we are doing is reaching out to government. Uh, we have talked recently with Administrator EPA Administrator Michael Regan. Uh, we've also had meetings with Secretary Vilsack to communicate the importance of ensuring that we don't have regulatory barriers or other hurdles standing in the way uh, and limiting the potential for food production. And that's not to say that we don't need a strong regulatory environment. We know that, that consumer trust in our products uh, is important. But we also need EPA, USDA, and Department of Transportation, other agencies of our federal government, to be looking at ways that they can reduce any of the legal and policy restrictions that may limit a farmer's ability to produce more food this year. 
Yeah, a lot of that red tape, especially as you mentioned, you know, with the EPA and talking with uh, with uh, EPA Administrator Regan, obviously looking at you know different uh, challenges surrounding new pesticides and registrations and labeling, et cetera, et cetera, and just you know some of the uh, concerns about you know EPA and how long it takes them to do certain things. I know that's that's a big issue, Chris. Well, that's that's uh, an excellent point, and we did some consumer research a year ago, and we asked consumers how long do you think it takes to bring a new pesticide to market? And they said, well, maybe six months. It's, it's not as if EPA sits around for 10 years you know, reviewing these products. Well, the reality is that our companies will, will take eight to 10 years to do the research to prove the human safety, the environmental safety of a new product that we're producing. They will, they will package all of that research together and present it to EPA. And EPA will review that research EPA will look at other outside research uh, to validate what our companies have, have presented. And so in total, it's about a 12 to 14 year process to bring a new product to market. When we have shortages like we have today and we need to move fast, uh, it's very difficult for us to turn that ship. But we are pressing EPA today uh, to ensure that they have the people in place, that they have the resources that are needed to help speed up that regulatory process. Well, and obviously, if they have the people in place and the and the resources in place, you know that brings to mention a thought of, you know, a, a fully funded EPA, Chris. Well, and one of our legislative priorities this year is something called the Pesticide Registration Improvement Act, uh, PREA for short. But the essence of that is that as an industry, we are paying EPA user fees. Uh, to support that the staff that are there to help register pesticides. The majority of the funding comes from the federal government, but the federal government has been cutting funding to EPA. And so this, I think, comes as a lot of a surprise to a lot of consumers that we actually want to see more staff at EPA. We want and need a stronger regulatory system. And, and yet, at the bottom, the bottom line is we need that regulatory process to work. And to do that, EPA needs more money and more staff. Chris, any other uh, things going on right now with CropLife America you'd love to highlight here before we run out of time? Well, it, the Endangered Species Act is part of that registration process, and that has had some impact to farmers across the, the Midwestern, a number of Midwestern states. EPA needed a new policy because they were being sued regularly and they were losing in court. We know that they're building a defensible uh, stance now, uh, and yet at the same time that, that's going to mean that some farmers are going to not perhaps be able to use some of the same products that they've used in the past because we do have to ensure that we are working to protect threatened and endangered species while at the same time maximizing the productivity of our food crops. Well, Chris, great insight. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, sir. We appreciate the time here during Washington Watch. Thanks so much. Great to have you in D.C., Jesse. And again, that was my interview with Chris Novak of CropLife America during Washington Watch last week in Washington, D.C. We'll have more coming up here the rest of this week and into next week as well here on American Ag Today. Also, the National Corn Growers Association responded to the recent USDA public comment period on its report titled Access to Fertilizer, Competition, and Supply Chain Concerns by launching a call to action. The call got made to aid corn growers in raising a collective voice on this important and timely issue. You can find more information on how to submit comments by going to ncga.com. 
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.